Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see your beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me today is my colleague and good friend, Anthony DeBundo. BJ Cunningham is off. Uh, the birth of his first child is imminent, so very exciting news for the Cunninghams over in Iowa. It is a little unfortunate that BJ won't be here for this episode, though, because we are starting with the headliner in the Premier League uh, midweek slate. That's the North London Derby. Uh, Tottenham hosting their plus 115 at home. Arsenal's plus 230. The draw here is plus 250. Uh, let's just set up the race for the top four real quick. Uh, so, you know, the stakes, Chelsea, I mean, you can't count them out right now. They're 67 points. Arsenal, 66. Spurs, 62. They do have the plus six goal differential over Arsenal. Um, so this is a must win game for Spurs and a must not lose game for Arsenal. I think you should be bringing that into your handicap a little bit because Arsenal can afford to be uh, a little bit more conservative, sort of maybe what Spurs tried to do against Liverpool uh, over the weekend. But I do think the number looks about right on both teams. I think that just because of the way that this game will be played and the fact that both defenses are in pretty good form, uh, Spurs 8.29 expected goals over their last 10 games, Arsenal 10.25 over their last 11. The draw is definitely going to be in play here because I I mean, Arsenal's not going to want to get let it get out of hand. Spurs, if they do get a lead, I don't think they'll open up. So I just don't think the draw at plus 250 is ever going to be out of question here. So that's where I'm going. So I'm giddy. I mean, Saturday was awesome. One of the better performances I've seen from Tottenham all year. And Jurgen Klopp can spin his little web post-match and say, you know, they that's not how I would play. And, you know, they have these world-class players, but they play so defensive. Look, Spurs went to Anfield. They held Liverpool to 1.2 expected goals, according to Kaylee's model, 1.3 according to FB ref. 
I mean, it was an impressive defensive performance. They only conceded one big scoring chance, and it was the Van Dyke header. And the goal was pretty fortunate for Liverpool. And it wasn't like they were getting broken open. So I was impressed by Spurs' ability to defend without the ball. Now, the question mark comes for this match. Who actually has the ball? Because Spurs are at home, so you'd expect them to be more on the front foot. But from a tactical point of view, the way these two teams like to play, you'd think Arsenal would. If you look at the shot profile, it's kind of interesting, right? Arsenal is third in shots per 90. They're only eighth in big scoring chances. They have a lot of possession. They take a lot of shots. They don't get as many big scoring chances. I know Nketiah has been great lately, but generally speaking, they rely more on quantity. Whereas Spurs are ninth in shots, third in big scoring chances. They're all about quality. They get the best shots. They might not get as many as Arsenal, but they're going to get those big scoring chances from those counterattacks, from those transition opportunities. Son, Kane, Gulisevsky in behind. So it's a really interesting contrast of styles. I don't really know who's going to have more of the ball here. And I think that really makes for an interesting kind of handicap trying to forecast, you know, where this may go Uh, from a number point of view. I showed value on Spurs before it moved. Now I don't. So I've got Spurs plus 115, a little bit shorter than BJ. He's got Spurs plus 122. It was plus 130, 135. That was before both teams played this weekend. Now it's come down, guessing off of Spurs you know, good performance against Liverpool. And so, unfortunately, I think I'm going to be passing. That's so lame. But if I had to take a side, it'd be Tottenham. I think generally better team at home plus money uh, would be the the look there. But, you know, Spurs defensively with their recent improvements are what make me feel better about this match. Whereas, you know, a month ago when they were struggling with crosses and not defending well, uh, I would have been more concerned. But I think they've improved considerably defensively. And Arsenal, I mean, they're running so well. The goals today, the first goal, Melier just hands it to them, and then they give away a dumb red card. I mean, it was very frustrating. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting game, too, because Leeds was not far from earning a draw there in the on, on the last gasp there. Uh, he had a header to tie yeah, it. Furpo, blank. Was Furpo, right? Furpo yeah. with a, a point-blank header. Um, I mean, it wasn't a sitter by any means, but no. I, think, I think you're talking like 30 percent that goes in you know three out of ten i think is yeah. uh, fair to expect all right now, um, they did only have one shot in like the first 70 minutes yeah. so like you can't be like oh they should have got a result but yeah i think i think i mean i think it's too arsenal much. were not dominant after right. they went up they were not nearly as dominant as, as they should have been and they kind of let leads hang around and you know the first goal in this match is really important because if spurs score first they get to sit off let arsenal have the ball and then it almost is better for Spurs. Obviously, they'd be up a goal, but like the game state, I think favors Spurs. Uh, whereas if Arsenal goes ahead, I still feel like Tottenham kind of just has more attacking talent and firepower. And I think that really is why I would tilt towards Spurs here. And of course, I'm biased, but like I'm pretty good at separating that. And, and you know, like going to the last derby, I was not feeling good about Spurs. Um, and now I kind of do. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I will be on the edge of my seat. Yep, BJ, um, he actually sent us a voice note from uh, his abode and said that he, he's right on the number. He, he doesn't see uh, much betting value, but is confident that Arsenal, even if they lose, will get the, the top four. And I think that's kind of what... He's overconfident. I watched the video he sent us. He's overconfident. I'll say it. He, But I think what the, th- I think what he's feeling is kind of how Arsenal will, will game plan this, which is we, we will do everything we can not to lose this match. Uh, and I think that's probably the right path for them. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on now to Aston Villa and Liverpool. Uh, like I said, this, this is a midweek slate of the premier league that, that North London Derby is 
actually on Thursday, we just wanted to start with it. Uh, there are games scattered throughout the week, including this one. This is a Tuesday at 3 p.m., the only game on Tuesday. And it's a big one for the, the title defense. It's also an awkward one when you look at who the manager for uh, Aston Villa is. That's Steven Gerrard, the Liverpool legend. Uh, he just had a had a big say in in helping Everton in, in their, you know, Liverpool's main rival in uh, their fight for relegation by defeating Burnley on the road. Uh, Villa returned home for this one. They're six to one on the money line at Villa Park. Uh, Liverpool minus 215. The draw here is plus 360. Villa is on paper. They're, they're, they're this kind of defensive, defense first team that, that kind of lumbers forward. Uh, but uh, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins had, had a really good game against Burnley. Obviously, different situation here going up against Liverpool. Um, but, you know, they, they are, once again, we're catching Liverpool in, in a weird spot. 12th match in 38 days, 5th in 13 days. Um, it, Jurgen Klopp was was very bitter. He was whining, I guess, is, is probably the fairest way to, to put it about the Tottenham tactics against Liverpool on the road. Uh, and he was also, you know, kind of complaining about their running, which is, you know, whenever these coaches or managers in uh, European competitions complain about the amount of fixtures they have to play, then just don't qualify for Europe. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Like it's part of the, it's kind of part of the deal. So um, that said, it's, it's, it's a tough number for Villa. I, if I was hoping it was going to be higher, cause I would have loved to, to bet uh, SNV on this one. Cause I think that it's just a funny, funny situation, but I, I don't have anything in terms of betting on this game, but I do think that, this isn't as straightforward as it will look just because of the way Villa can defend. I just think they're underrated. I mean, we talked, I talked about this last week when I kind of leaned Villa and I was like, like they're due for some positive results here. They've been playing much better than their table position indicates and their results in recent matches have indicated. And they were better than Burnley. They got a few bounces to go their way. It's just kind of how the sport works in the long run. It, it always tends to even out and they're still kind of, do for more results. I mean, again, they're eighth in the league in XG difference since Gerard took over uh, in, in terms of expected points and in terms of XG difference. So they've played well and they defend set pieces really well. They're fifth best set piece defense and they're very good on direct counterattacks. They're the number one team when it comes to direct attack speed. But the one thing that concerns me with Villa, they're not efficient at turning box entries and chances into actual shots and, and XG and goals. Uh, they're one of the least efficient teams in the entire league. And I think that's a scary thought when you're playing Liverpool because you're just not going to get those kind of opportunities. And you need to, I hate the word clinical, but you need to be clinical, not in finishing, because that's mostly variance, but like in terms of getting those direct attacking chances and turning them into actual shots and end product. Their, their ball progression numbers are much better than their actual end product numbers. And I think that's a little bit of a concern in this matchup. And we saw that when they played the first time. It was the beginning of the Gerrard era. Villa had almost nothing on the counter. They defended for their lives, got, you know, held them to a one nil, but Liverpool had over two expected goals, but Villa just didn't create enough. And I think that's going to be the biggest question mark in this match. I lean toward Villa too. I wish I could have gotten one and a half, one and a quarter, uh, one and a half. I'm playing it, but it's just going to be a lean for me to Villa. I just think Liverpool also has the cup on Saturday. Like they have a trophy on the line Saturday and at what point does Klopp start to prioritize that? And I know they have enough depth that it doesn't totally matter, but their midfield does. And they played their full main midfield on Saturday. They're going to want Tiago, Fabinho, and Henderson ready for Saturday again. That's a bigger match. 
do they rotate their midfield that could make them control this game less. So I think I would lean to Villa and then, you know, we'll see what the lineup looks like. Yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think I echo all your sentiments there. And in a similar spot, we'll talk about Chelsea and Leeds. Uh, Leeds plus 450 at home, Chelsea minus five, uh, 155. The draw here is plus 290. Chelsea has like the same as Liverpool. They, they play Liverpool over the weekend on May 14th uh, in the FA cup final at Wembley. Um, and let me tell you, man, the, uh, I had that Chelsea, we had said in the last episode that Chelsea, we like Chelsea money line or Chelsea, however, in a, uh, in a as like a parlay piece, a money line parlay piece, I had them in a round Robin uh, that was very close. Uh, and they were probably the, the nail in the coffin from that, turning that from making just a little bit of money could have, could have been a lot more. Chelsea got across the line. I just don't know what's really gotten into them. It's, it's very strange. They, they seem to kind of just now be sleepwalking and, and don't want to, when the going gets tough, kind of matches like they're kind of shying away saw that a little bit against Everton uh then they they falter against Wolves go up 2-0 give up a 97th minute equalizer I mean Leeds are a mess too but right now I mean Jesse Marsh has his hands full Luke Ayling's now out with a red card Liam Cooper Patrick Bamford I mean it's just it's really hitting rock bottom once again for Leeds and it does they don't seem to be backing the manager like they did with Bielsa and it's it's tough to lay it with considering their form, but the spot is just really tough for Chelsea and makes me think, you know, Leeds at a, at a decent number here at home, the crowd will be behind them. It'll be similar to that Everton match where Leeds is just going to be going and going and going. And whether or not Chelsea wants any piece of that is maybe what's going to decide how this game plays out. And that's really hard to handicap, but you got to consider it at this point of the year. Yeah. This was the first time I was troubled, not the first time, but the first time in the last couple of matches that I was troubled with Chelsea. I thought they were bad. And I understand they, they kind of collapsed late. It's funny. You mentioned your round Robin. I had tried to bet a live bet. It was a Chelsea money line with city money line. They got down to like minus minus one seventy. And as I was going to submit it, like the, the, it locked me out because they had been given the penalty and I was watching on Peacock. So I was behind and I was like, Oh, here comes the penalty. And then I was like, Oh, you know, damn, I missed out on that chance. And then by the end of the game, I was like, well, thank God I missed out. But anyway, I think Chelsea, should have probably not gotten a result anyway. I mean, they Wolves had a lot of good counterattacking chances in that match. And I'm not down. I'm not as down on leads as everybody else. And I said this last week, but I think I'm just going to keep betting them because I think the market's wrong. I think the market's just underrating them and I'm going either going to be broke and they're going to get relegated or they're going to stay up or somewhere in between, you know, cause like they could lose this game, you know, or, or get a draw and still get relegated. But anyway, uh, I thought they defended well against Arsenal. I talked about that when we talked about Arsenal Tottenham. I thought, you know, after the dumb mistake from Melier playing off his line, they were pretty good in that match. And I understand they didn't create a ton, but they were down a man and managed to hang around and almost snuck the result late. I thought they did about as well as you could. And even against Man City, I know the final score was not good, but they there were large periods of that match where they were really causing problems for City. They were one ball away from getting those chances and they still, you know, racked up over an expected goal in that match. And it wasn't until the last 10, 15 minutes that they really got undone Chelsea, not great on set pieces attack wise. And that's a major weakness of Leeds. So I think this is just a bad spot for Chelsea FA cup Saturday pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And leads have been better at home. The 1.3 expected goals per match at home this season, yet they've only scored 0.8 from those chances. So there, there, there is some positive regression coming for them. And we've talked about Chelsea's defense ad nauseum. I wonder if some of it has to do with Rudiger leaving, Christensen leaving. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. and I hate these narratives, but because they were due for this kind of regression, like the, the level they played at was not sustainable, but some of their guys just might have a foot out the door here. And, and they're, they're still pretty safe for top four because Arsenal and Spurs play each other. So I'm going to be looking to leads here and I'm going to play them plus one. Uh, I, I only make Chelsea minus 140 on the road. Uh, so I, I think I'm just a little too high on leads maybe, but uh, overall I'm back in the Peacocks. We all love leads. <laughs> I think, uh, no, I think you, you bring up a good point too. Like, and I just said it uh, kind of before about how you can't, you, it's really hard to handicap these things. And, that, and that's why we hate, hate it. But there just are going to be situations where you got to consider it. And I think we're seeing some with, with what's going on in the relegation battle. I think we're seeing it uh, with this Chelsea team too. They've, they've just had a very strange winter that they did not see coming. Like none of these players knew what was going to happen in January, that this was all going to become a really strange situation with Roman Abramovich. I know that they just got got sold and that should get through. Um, But now, like you said, like Rudiger is out the door. Uh, Christensen's probably gone. I think uh, Marcus Alonso is also on his way out. So it's like at some point this, this team is going to just become a, it, it's going to become an, a weird blob almost of just like players. And, and it's, I guess it's already there in terms of, you know, Saturday, there's something to play for. There's a trophy on the line and, right, a, yeah, I and think a great way to, thing. yeah. Right. Like a great way to go out on a high note is, you know, win the FA cup kind of, cap off your era as with Chelsea with, with a champions league trophy and a, uh, an FA cup trophy. So like you said, weird spot. Uh, I don't really hate betting leads to get a result, and uh, the money line, especially if it goes up is, is very interesting. Uh, let's quickly talk about Lester and Norwich. Uh, we don't have anything on this. Either one of us, Lester is minus two thirty, probably a little inflated uh, even with Norwich being Norwich and out completely relegated. It's just Lester is not that good, right? This is, the 20th best team in the Premier League, Norwich versus maybe the 14th or 15th best team in the Premier League this season in Leicester. Uh, so the gap isn't going to be that crazy. If less does Leicester want a part of it, they Brendan Rogers made a lot of changes to his side for the Everton match after playing Roma and 
like it not that Lester played bad. I thought the, and I thought they played hard. Uh, but now you got to play another game three days later. So you're talking about three in a week, three in less than a week for Leicester, all of which or two of two of the three were meaning meaningless. And the other one was a loss in a European semifinal. Um, so it's, it's Norwich or nothing here for me, but pretty easy pass. Yeah, I've got Leicester 12th. I just looked that up. They're not good. And they, they're the biggest downgrade I've had of any team this year. I don't know how they're laying a goal in a quarter. I mean, I do. Right. Like Norwich has quit. And like if you didn't watch Sunday against West Ham, like I was catching glimpses and the effort was just not there. I mean, of course they're bad and like, they've always been bad, but this is the second time now that Norwich, they've not only just gotten relegated, but they've gone out with a whimper. I mean, they lost 10 in a row. Remember project restart. They came back. They didn't win a single match. They lost all nine league matches and their FA cup match. And they had lost the the match prior to the lockdown as well. So they ended the season in 2020 when they got relegated with 10 consecutive losses What's to stop them from doing that here? Uh, and that's the scary thought. I mean, they got West Ham at home in a great spot. Hammer's season is over. Uh, they had just played a Thursday road match in Frankfurt where they had to defend without a man for an extra hour and a half, uh, or excuse me, an extra hour. And they were awful, dreadful. And so I just don't want to bet Norwich anymore. Uh, and so I, this is just the easiest, the easiest pass on the board of the, of the whole card because, uh, again, like we saw Lester today, they're just not... Good. I mean, set piece defense is still a major concern. They keep leaking goals. They never figured out how to fix that. And that's really been their downfall. I mean, their attack's been worse, but it hasn't been terrible. It's really just been the defense and they never sorted out the set piece issues. We said it could have been injuries, but it wasn't. We were just wrong. They never got better. All right. Uh, now we move on to a huge one on Wednesday. Watford hosting Everton. Watford plus 310 at home. Everton odds on minus 110. The draw is plus 270. Here is the relegation battle. Uh, I'm going to throw Southampton in there because why not? They're at 40 points at 15th. Everton's 35 points in 16th uh, with a game in hand on Burnley. This will be that game in hand and a game in hand on Leeds. Uh, obviously, that will be caught up later in the season because Leeds is also playing this week uh, during the midweek. There's a couple of things here. Like, it's very obvious if you saw this line three weeks ago before, you know, right, maybe right after Everton played Liverpool and someone said, hey, they're, they're going to be minus 110 on the road at Watford you would say that's a ludicrous price. Right. And it, it is, it's, it's well-earned. Like they've been playing better. They're playing harder. They're relying on Jordan Pickford a little bit too much. Of course uh, he's been superb uh, and was the reason that, I mean, without him, they don't, they, they probably get maybe two points from Chelsea and Leicester and not six. Uh, so, you know, thank you, Jordan, for, for the way you're going. Um, that's at 11 home losses in a row for Watford. They've been officially relegated. Roy Hodgson is obviously not going to be, uh, the manager in the championship. I don't think he's going to take the side there. So it's, it's just a really strange situation and one that I don't want to get involved with by betting Watford. Uh, the Everton defense is still a little concerning, I, but I do like what they're showing uh, going forward. Additionally, the Watford defense, even under Roy, uh, which, which did improve for a little bit, has started to, to really uh, leak chances. 9.66 total expected goals in the last four matches. One of them is, is a city match. And even if you take that one out, um, it's they're averaging two expected goals against per match. And because they've already been relegated, it's, they're not going to just sit back, right? This is going to be a much more open affair. And I think that kind of puts some value here on, on backing an Everton team total over two and a half is plus three ten, And I don't hate that at all. I think that they can get three here uh, against the, a Watford team that has nothing to play for and is starting to struggle defensively. And, and this Everton team is going forward. Well, um, whether they can do it, and get three goals is remains to be seen. It's been a while for them uh, to hit that mark, but 
it's just more, this is more of a play of, I, I want to bet against this Watford defense, but I also don't want to have, have the Everton defense come into, come into play. So that's why I'm just going to target the Everton team total. You know, I said last week that like, I thought Everton was, was going to go on a little run and then continue this. And then I, I kind of missed the schedule. This is a, this, this, and, this, and this number is just crazy. I mean, I am nowhere near Everton minus 110. And I, I thought I've been pretty high on Everton. Uh, and I bet them a couple weeks ago, but how are they minus 110 here? Uh, I've got them as a toss up. I've got them as a small favorite. I checked BJ's numbers. He's got Watford as a favorite. I understand the motivation line, right? Everton is fighting relegation. Watford is already relegated, but Everton's still been terrible on the road. And I think we need to not forget that here. And since January 1st, Everton is minus 0.5 XG difference per 90. Watford is minus 0.66. So Everton's been better. And, you know, I have them rated as a better team, but not enough to be laying minus 110 on the road. Uh, 538 has Everton as a small favorite as well. So I'm just dubious of of this line. And so I'm going to take Watford. I understand nobody wants to bet them. They were pretty flat against Palace. But other than the the penalty, they didn't concede a ton to Palace. I thought uh, overall Palace had more of the ball, more of the possession. They were at home. They were up a man for most of the second half. But they didn't create a ton. And so I think I'm still backing Watford to get a result here, even though they've already been relegated. And I'm going to take them plus a half. I'm going to sell Everton. I just have to at this number. So sorry, Michael, but no, it would not be a bad result for, for Everton here. No, I don't think so at all. And, and I think that, uh, you know, there, there's maybe one three, three for us. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's an interesting uh, situation brewing with Everton, like Mikolenko has been really good. Uh, he, he didn't finish the game. He was injured with, uh, they're hoping was cramps. Jerry Mina lasted like 15 minutes. So he's doing his Jerry Mina thing where he shows up for two games. It's incredible. And then uh, gets hurt. But Michael Keane did look good uh, in that back five with, with a Wobi uh, and uh, Mikolenko as wing backs and Seamus Coleman as a third center back. But uh, it's a, it's a weird situation because Everton has really preferred to sit back. Like they, they look better when they're seeding possession to teams like Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, Leicester, and then striking on the counter, uh, letting a Wobi, Damari Gray, Anthony Gordon, and uh, Richarlison beat a couple people that, on these counters and or with the, with dribbling or passing or whatever. And that's not just going to happen against Watford. This is going to be a, a, a much diff, more different style than Everton's been playing against. And that uh, kind of underdog, us versus the world mentality, you can't take that with you when you're playing against a team that's less... Uh, 11 in a row at home. So it's a, just a completely different situation than, than what Everton's been in. Um, and like you said, it's, it's a draw wouldn't be a terrible result, but if they lose, it's, it's, it's a problem considering what they have left. Their last three games are, I would say two coin flips against Brentford and palace, and then a tough one on the road at Arsenal to close it out. And you just can't have the season go down to that last one. So Everton need, I think we'll, we'll target this as, as the, the three points, the, the easiest three points on the schedule left for them. So that could go into play with, with how they set up, but uh, it'll, it'll be really interesting uh, to see who, what the lineup looks like, because uh, like, like I said, Mina and Mikolenko are doubtful. Then you have Fabian Delph. They've been really careful with his minutes. So this, I don't think this line is going to stay here either because of kind of stuff like that too. I think the lineups and stuff, I, I mean, I would not think Everton's going to take any more money because uh, like, you never know. You like, know, the know lines, like, some of the lines that... in the Bundesliga got crazy this weekend. I mean, you know, we talked on the pod. We liked Union plus a half at minus one ten because the line was too steep, right? And then and then it was uh, Freiburg as well. Actually, not Freiburg. Uh, Wolfsburg 
was plus one at Cone. And the line, like I bet them had value on them and the line just kept going. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to wait here on Wadford. I want to see where this gets because it just kept going. I mean, Cone closed minus 1.25 and then Freiburg closed minus 130, minus 140. So these motivation things are just keep getting hit. And, but, but remember, like you said it, Everton is now a, a road favorite. Yeah. Like they are odds on to win this match. It's very roads. different from being like a pick them right. or, or being, uh, you know, uh, I, an underdog at home. Now right. you're a road favorite and it's just such a huge difference. We're dealing with bad teams here. Don't forget that. Like I know right. Everton's playing well, but they're still bad. Thinking about it this way too, right? When Everton was on the road at Burnley, I think they closed around plus then the three-way money line, like plus 180. Um, yeah. And, and like Burnley's now they're minus better. 110 at Watford. Yeah. How yeah. much better are they? Right. Uh, right. No, I, I know. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like the, the line is inflated. That's why I don't think that this line is going to stay here. I think this is a, okay. Like, let's see if we can get more people on, uh, on, uh, more people on Everton before we, we move this thing and the sharp money starts coming in on Watford. Cause like you, the people's numbers are just going to be so out of whack. You're, you know, you BJ already talked, you talked about where you, you guys have this game modeled. Um, there's going to be a lot more people out there who, who have it similarly priced. So uh, we'll see the power of the narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. And it, it's, uh, it's a, tr- it's a tricky look, There one. is a chat, like, like the evidence shows like teams occasionally will just not show up and like Watford might not show up and they could lose, yeah. but more often than not, they're a professional soccer team. Right. They're going to show up at home for one of their last home matches of the season in the Premier League. Yeah, and, and like, like you said, like Everton are the worst road team in the Premier League. They've, they've won twice on the road, including this last one was their first. The, the, they won on Sunday. Their last win before Sunday on the road was in August. So out of whack uh, the line is. But like I said, I can't. I don't want to trust Watford in the spot, so that's why I'm just going to play the Everton team total because I do think that they, if they do win uh, and the market's telling us they're likely to do it, uh, I uh, I'll back them to, to do it by uh, uh, scoring a few goals here. Similarly, I like the city team total in the next game. We're going to talk about uh, they're playing wolves on the road at the Molyneux Wolverhampton plus 1200 city minus three sixty, draw plus four seventy five. Um, I like city over two and a half plus one twenty five in the last four matches in the premier league city scored 17 goals uh, and they're creating 3.07 expected goals per match. And now they're facing a, a Wolverhampton team that's allowed 50.4 expected goals on the season, but they've only allowed 34. A lot of it is, is goalkeeping from Jose Sa, uh, but against Man City, that is a recipe for disaster, especially as we saw today. City is highly incentivized to run up the score. Uh, they they passed Liverpool in goal differential. They're now four goals ahead of them. So I just think that this is really sets up for a City 4-1 win, something like that. So I think there's... You know, it's 50-50 that City scores three goals. Uh, so plus 125 is a great number. Uh, that's where I'm going. Yeah, I certainly lean that way. I don't know how I'm going to play this yet. I've kind of gone back and forth. I may even end up passing, but it should be noted. Ruben Diaz, Kyle Walker, John Stones, all out for the season. And City only has the league now to worry about. It's the only trophy they're going to get and the only thing they're focused on. But what are we getting from a Cancelo, Zinchenko, Laporte, Ake, defensive line i mean we've talked about this so when city have had to rotate out their main defensive players the the structure is still there but they're just not quite as dominant and i was impressed by wolves today over two expected goals against chelsea they showed some legitimate counter-attacking punch and the defense for city hasn't been as dominant lately anyway newcastle had about an expected goal today 1.2 to leeds last match 0.8 to palace a few weeks ago bts is plus 120 may end up there 
They end up going just straight over on the off chance. Like you said, City are going to look to run up the score. Uh, it's still hard to do on Wolves because they're so conservative out of possession and they just don't take chances. But, you know, Wolves are kind of just going for it here. They kind of need a result. That they, they still have an outside chance at the Europa Conference League. So I, I'm, I'm leaning toward the both teams to score in the over here, but I'm not quite sure I'm going to get there. We're going to see where the market settles come Wednesday. And then I want to look at the lineup. I'm really interested to see what Wolves end up doing because Jimenez has been terrible, but, you know, Trincao has provided some spark. Pedro Neto, finally back and healthy from injury, has been impressive. So we're going to have to see where the, the lineups end up with this one, but I may end up playing at both teams to score or an over in this match. I think I agree with you. And seeing City run it up today was, was something special. Uh, Jack Grealish was incredible in the last five minutes of the match. It's a, a great reminder. We, we've been talking about like narratives and stuff. And I think a lot of people, including myself, were, were a little concerned for City uh, against Newcastle coming off of that loss to Newcastle. Let's yeah, not forget, they stink. But also, like, I'm just glad how, you don't have to. How, how often you know, did you hear when you heard or read or whatever previews for Newcastle City or the title race? And everyone's saying, oh, Madrid probably just did a huge favor for, for Liverpool with, with that game because well, they so did. how can they, they, they made them not have to play city. <laughs> I know, but like, but like, no, but I'm saying like how, yes. but they, you know what I'm saying? Like they were saying, how could they ever recover from this? And like you said, yeah. these are elite, the best soccer players in the world. And, and arguably the best soccer team in the world yeah, playing, exactly. playing at home. So you know? it's, and uh, I'm just glad we don't have to do this. Newcastle's really good talk. Like I was hoping we'll see who they buy in the summer. Um, but if they had like a top half finish and then didn't make that many marquee signings or made like some overrated signings, I was going to look to fade them. But I think the market is kind of realizing that they're just not really that good. And they had a good run, but their underlying numbers were never that impressive. We'll see though. I mean, they do have, they do still have what Liverpool and Arsenal, right? Or no, they played Liverpool. So they still have Arsenal on the schedule. So think, that'll be yeah, an interesting. Burnley match. and Arsenal, right? Um, at least I know they, I know they definitely close with, Burnley. Uh, let's move on from the Premier League real quick. We'll go to uh, the Copa Italia, Inter and Juventus. What do you have here? Yeah, you know, I'm taking Inter. I know they're in the heart of the Scudetto race and they're probably more focused on that, but this is still a cup final and they're just a much, much better team than Juventus, much more than the market is pricing them at right now. I mean, we have our little Premier League matrix or our you know European matrix that we use, and it's actually kind of stunning to look at it, just how far Juventus has fallen. I mean, they are fourth in non-penalty expected goal defense. Okay, that's not terrible, but they're ninth in defensive box entries, ninth in crosses allowed, 12th in progressive passes allowed, eighth in shots allowed. I mean, that is, we're talking about Juventus and this, their defense is this leaky and they don't stop the ball. And then even going forward, they're ninth in box entries going into the opponent. Uh, they're ninth in progressive passes. They're ninth in non-penalty expected goals. And remember, they have Duzan Vlahovic, who's the greatest striker in the history of the world. Uh, so it's pretty remarkable. Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, I love Inter here. Their attack is dominant. Number one in every statistical category in Italy. They should have won the first meeting between these two teams, and they did win the second. I do think Inter rolls. I'm happy to take the plus 125. I make them plus 100. La Liga also in action. Uh, do you have a bet here uh, before we get on to our favorite bets for the Premier League midweek slate? Yeah, it's a classic motivation line. Again, I'm taking Valencia plus a half on Tuesday at home against Real Betis. Betis, very unfortunate uh, to lose to Barcelona at home on Saturday. They conceded in stoppage time. Incredible wonder goal uh, and a, a great winner for Barca. But again, you know, Betis is chasing Europe and they've already been a team that I've been looking to play against for most of the second half of the season. 
now they're laying a half goal on the road. They're, you know, minus one ten on the money line. Valencia over the whole course of the season has been about a half goal worse per match. Factor in some home field. I understand Valencia has overperformed a little bit, but I just can't get there on the number. And so I'm going to take Valencia. Not a great La Liga slate, but I do like Valencia at home. All right, uh, let's wrap up this short podcast for a short midweek slate with our favorite bets. Uh, I'll go first. I like Manchester City team total over two and a half plus 125. In their last four matches, City has scored 17 goals and are averaging 3.07 expected goals per match. And not only is their offense humming, but they're facing a defense that is due for some regression. Uh, Wolverhampton has allowed 50.4 expected goals on the season, but they've only given up 34 actual goals. Like I said, a lot of that is great goalkeeping from Jose Sa. However, City is highly incentivized to run up the score here, so they're not going to stop pressing for goals no matter what the score is. They keep scoring more than three goals, so I think it's better than a 50% chance that they do it again here. So plus 125 on over two and a half team total is well worth a play. Yeah, and I'm going against Michael's Toffees. I'm taking Watford plus a half, minus 110 at home on Wednesday. I understand Everton is playing for everything and Watford is playing for nothing, but we see this all the time. The market juices up the favorite. And as much as Everton has played better over the last few weeks, they've relied a lot on great goalkeeping, which is not a great sign for your defense. They have a ton of defensive injuries that have now made their way into this lineup. And over the last three months, they've only been a smidge better than Watford. So I understand they've been profitable to back as an underdog or in pick'em situations, but now they're a road favorite. Watford defensively has been quite unlucky when you compare their expected goals to their actual goals. I'm taking the Hornets at home to give one last great effort as in front of their home fans before they head back to the championship. I think they get at least a point and they might even pull off an upset. Remember, we're still dealing with relegation teams. Everton not good enough to be laying minus 110 in this match. And on that note, we'll wrap up another episode of Wonder Goal. We will be back on Thursday morning to preview the Premier League slate plus the FA Cup final. And until then, we wish you the best of luck with all your soccer bets.